Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations, annual percentage yield, or uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen Sheila in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings i'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids wow get, we gotta get that in a drop uh immediately let's edit that one out that didn't come out quite there's no editing no no editing yeah, on this that's podcast the wonderful of birds with friends no editing <laughs> good morning everybody and welcome to birds with friends it is 12 43 a.m from the Lincoln Financial Field Press Box. We are once again the last people here. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and Sheila Kapadia. As we wrap up the Eagles season, the Eagles season has come to an end in cruel fashion at the link in a 17-9 loss, the same score the Eagles lost to the Seahawks just five weeks ago. But it was a different game this time, and it was a game that changed uh, very early in the game when Jadeveon Clowney spiked his helmet into Carson Wentz's helmet and knocked Wentz out of the game. And from there, it was Josh McCown. And the Eagles uh, stayed in this game. I think the Seahawks sort of kept them in this game in some ways, but were unable to really get it done. I mean, there, there, were, there, there were some uh, unforced errors here and there. They couldn't get it done in the red zone. But the big picture, Carson Wentz goes down, and that changes sort of everything. And now we're left to pick up the pieces. And I think, Sheila, you bear some of the brunt here. We did the dreams and flight mares. This game was a flight mare. Well, we said for that it was non-injury version. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to take uh, take credit for it. You know, I like I like saying that I have power. Yeah, it was a bummer of a game because you just wanted to see what was going to happen with Carson Wentz against yeah. the Seahawks, really. I mean, to say it simply, win, lose, whatever, blowout, they win, it didn't matter. But he leaves, he walks off the field there in the first quarter, head injury, we saw it live, and at that point, it was like, well, maybe there will be yeah, a miracle. What are we doing but, here? You know, you never really felt like they were going to win. And even if they did win, it, you know, it was like, all right, what Josh McCown's going to go to 
Green Bay next week, or I don't know, maybe Carson Wentz could have been. Maybe he could have come back. Could, could have come back for that. So I, I guess there's that. But it was funny. My big takeaway, I guess, not, not funny. <laughs> Nothing was funny about it. We're loopy. Uh, you know, in the locker room, it wasn't a sense. Uh, it was a weird end-of-season locker room because it wasn't like a sense of, whoa, we had missed opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, if the ball bounced our way here, it was kind of like, you know what? We gave it everything we had. Look at who we were playing with. There was nothing left to give. Some some pride, some emotion, that kind of thing. And Zach and Zach and I had talked about during the week on the beat back and forth. When is it going to be one injury too many? Well, I think we found yeah. out that this was this was the one injury too many. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's a good way of putting it. And I I thought Shield explained it well too. I I think the resignation in the post-game locker room was was understandable. Like, they did everything they could with this group of players. Um, they, they had missed opportunities tonight. You know, they had two fourth downs in the Seahawks territory that potentially could have tied the game if they scored a touchdown and get the two-point conversion. Uh, but the reality is they were playing with Josh McCown as their quarterback, Boston Scott as their running back through a— large part of this game, Robert Davis. Uh, I mean, right. by this point, we all yeah. know the cast. And Five so, starters. They had five regular yeah. starters offensively uh, in the second half. Yeah. So I, yeah, so none I, of them was the quarterback. Exactly. So I, 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 I think in the locker room after, after the game, there was a sense of, like, you know, this, this is the end of the road. You know, they, they, they did everything they could to get here. I think the fact that they got to the postseason – was real meaningful for these players, and and, and that's something I, I imagine Bo's going to hit on in the day after. But, but like, from where they were, and Josh McCown talked about this, he says he's had a lot of flights home, like that flight back from Miami, and to be here is not something he's experienced. So it, it does say something that they had a home playoff game. It's always, you know, the last game of the season is always weird because there's sort of a, you know, there's a, fi- a finality to the post-game locker room. And it is it is an, an unusual thing. Like, you go through the season with these guys, and you know that this is the last time that this group will ever be together. Um, and so you go, you know, we get led into the locker room, and there's, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey hugging Tom Donahoe and uh, Miles Sanders hugging Cravon LeBlanc and all these, you know, goodbye hugs. Um, and it, it is, like, they, they look back, and there wasn't much they could do, really, uh, there are like big picture things. Maybe this team was not put together in the right way, but from like a coaching and player standpoint at the end of the season, they do, they have a lot to be proud of. And uh, Malcolm Jenkins put it well. Um, when I was asking guys what their lasting memory of the season will be. And he said, as crazy and ugly as the season was, they're still going to hang a banner for us. And I mean, their expectations for the season were to get beyond the first round, obviously, mm-hmm. but Considering what they dealt with, it was not uh, entirely a lost cause, I would say. It felt like there was a real sense of pride from the yeah. veterans yeah. of the like the Boston Scots and the Greg Wards. Like the way they speak about those guys, I thought was pretty fascinating, and it did mean something to guys like Malcolm Jenkins and Jason Kelsey has said it in previous weeks, and uh, Zach Ertz talking about Greg Ward. That was very uh, to, interesting. To, to your question, you know. Peter's, his answer was just the practice squad guys. Yeah. yeah. That's what he will remember about this year. Yeah, so, it, you know, it really turned from uh, 
from 13, I, I thought for 13 weeks, this was just like a miserable season. Yeah. You know, it was disappointment, Completely. frustration, boring, slog of an offense. I mean, we were doing the same podcast over and over again. With like no future insight. Like right. You just think it's only going to get worse. And then the last four weeks, you got some juice. And it yeah. sort of shifted there that, well, you know what? These games are kind of fun. We've never heard of these guys. They're making plays here and there. The quarterback seems you know, invigorated by playing with this youth. And all of a sudden you had a month. And I think that kind of flipped, you know, when we look back on the season, it's not going to be like a, a season that you're uh, telling your grandkids about or anything. But if someone asks about it compared to another season where you just feel like was terrible from start to finish and there was no turn, I think that's kind of the difference in, in what happened. And I also think, and I, I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself on this podcast, this is probably something that we'll talk about in a week, in two weeks. And I I don't want to kind of inflect my opinions on what the players were thinking. But I also think, even if it's not uh, explicit from them, there's an understanding that this is all going to change. You know, I, I, I think there's a reality in that locker room. Partly because of the way the young players were were playing, partly because of the way the season's gone, and partly because it's really been a three year stretch here that that there are going to be major changes this off season. I don't think there's this idea that you kind of felt in the Saints locker room last year, almost like run it back. You know, I I, I, I didn't get that sense. I, my sense in the Saints locker room last year, or at least the day after, was that they need they still needed to make these. Changes. I had a similar. You no, know, no, I think we felt that. I don't think the team felt I that. See. Okay. I think last year. You know, you know, there was this feeling that they had these injuries. Right. They can just come back and be healthy. And I, I, I think this year, the sense I get is, is more like there's a lot of decisions coming. Mm-hmm. And I, I think players realize that too. I think that uh, what you said, Sheil, is, is a good point. And that in addition to like what a bummer it is that Wentz got hurt in this game, it's such a bummer that we just didn't get to see sure. what would have happened if he had gotten if he had not gotten hurt, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. You know, we'll never know. Obviously, I I, I get the feeling that if he was healthy, the Eagles would have won this game. Well, I, I asked Doug that very question, um, and Doug said, "There's no way of knowing," but he does think the game would be different because of the game plan they had for Carson, and and we really didn't get to see it. It was I think we eight, eight recorded plays, nine overall snaps um, be, before he went out. That that feels like a bit of a stretch to me. You think so? I mean, the Seahawks scored 17 points, but if this is how they yeah. play, I mean, they yeah. Could, yeah. Russell Wilson could have, I mean, at any point, did you feel comfortable sure. that they were going to get a stop when no. they were actually passing the ball? Or when, you know, when no, was not really. Back, so. But also it was, I mean, I mean they could have, have, it would have, yeah, they could have, they could have yeah, won, I'm they would have had a I better chance. I don't feel strongly that they would have. Like well, 51%, where I, I will agree with Bo, and I'm not saying they would have won. I mean, I, I, I picked the Seahawks to win. Big win for you. No, no, no. Big weekend not, for you. I'm not suggesting He's that. Crushing us. He's crushing us across, crushing the, board, no, across no, the board. No, 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 no. And but, not only that, he avoids the he avoids the road trip to Miami. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, all get in the car. I would have loved to cover the Super Bowl, man. Uh, well, that, well, after Wentz went down, I said, "All right, new one. If they win this game, we drive to Green Bay next week." Which he also didn't like. That one. <laughs> but no. So if you look at where Carson Wentz has been really good this season, it's in the red zone. Exactly. And their right. problem tonight really yeah. was they stalled in the red zone. Uh, yep. You know, they had a, a bad delay of game. They he, The pass to Miles Sanders wasn't in the it red zone. Just, it was just it outside. Was Still, the, you know, they had two sacks that Josh McCown took yes. in, the, in the red zone. And you got to think with your $100 million quarterback, 
who's played in these situations throughout the year that they would function better in the red zone because really for for how for the amount of trips they made there they should be showing more than nine points yeah, I, I think Sheila's right that you know it would have been a different game because Russell yeah. Wilson probably would have been even more unleashed and he was you know he was really awesome tonight. But I, I think it would have come down to the end of the game. I think. Yeah, and and I mean Doug Peterson did say the story of the game was was the third downs for for Seattle. So right. to Sheila's point that they had, they had if, five pickups on third and one. Yeah, if if That's what if he thought the, the story of the game was that's interesting. Yeah, you know who didn't think that? Some of the defensive players I spoke to didn't think that. <laughs> I don't think but, that uh, either, like. but, it, it was part of it. Yeah, but 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 to Shields' point, I, I think if, if the Eagles were at 17 points, 24 points, it just would have meant Russell Wilson's throwing the ball downfield more. Russell Wilson managed that game. You know, that was what jumped out to me is like he managed that game. He made some game. unbelievable plays in this game. And I mean, and Doug Peterson did admit that they had to change the offense for Josh yep. McCown. They had to go back to just their staple plays. And McCown mentioned in his in his press conference that this had been even more of an involved game plan week than normal weeks. They had they maybe went into further detail on, on some stuff. So he was not ready to do everything that Wentz could do. And you you saw it. I mean they, they had they had one screen pass in this game. That was mm-hmm. such a big part of the offense. Part of that might have been the weeks. linebackers too though. Maybe. But I mean it just it, it did not look like the, the same offense. But um, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. We can get we can we should get into the actual game because there were some interesting things, and we'll we we have the rest of the season, the off season, to talk yeah. about some of the bigger picture stuff. But and, and I think from judging social media, a lot of fans are really outraged about the hit on on Carson. I think they're fair to be outraged. Well, the hit is really dirty. I think. But but this is my objection. Okay. Like, if they throw the flag there, it's just it, it doesn't mean Carson's oh, not yeah. coming back. Like, you, but you just want to, you same. just want you just want like that kind yeah, of but I mean, game changing violence to be recognized as such. I just this 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 notion that like the refs cost the Eagles the game. But I, I don't, don't buy that. that. I don't think that is the okay. argument that they cost them the game, or that the refs screwed the Eagles. I I, I didn't. Yeah, get I don't that. think it's a screw. Okay. I think it's just like the season ended because of that play, and it was not. Called as violent as a, it wasn't flagged as it should have been. Did you feel I, it was a dirty play? Yes, I did, think it was a very dirty. Did play. Did you feel that way, Shield? I wouldn't say very dirty. I, I always struggle with this because these guys are. Just, I mean, I don't want to be like do the announcer thing. Of I like, know. Oh man, you know they're moving at such a fast pace, and it's I don't a even blame violence the refs game. As much as I blame but Clowney. I mean, it wasn't as dirty as like Derek Barnett's hit in Green Bay. So what's like the scale well, yeah. of dirtiness here? Uh, I think it was a very violent hit, and uh, I could term it. Yeah, I, I think, think you could. I think you would like, say it dirty without. A, you could call it dirty without exaggerating. his body in order to lead with his helmet. That's what I think. Was but didn't his like it. arm hit? Uh, I mean, I haven't. Maybe I haven't seen enough replays. Didn't his arm, like his forearm, hit? Let me see if I. Can I thought his forearm hit Wentz's helmet, and here. that you can look hit the right ground. Here. All right, we're watching this live. Uh, well, not live. Yeah, the, the right, forearm did. Yeah, I, I watched the play a few times. Right. He led with his shoulder. All right. Okay. He does. Yeah. His his he leads with his head right into his helmet. He leads yeah. with his helmet. Yeah. I oh, I I wrote that he led with his shoulder. I kind of felt like he I, he leaned in with the shoulder and the head hit the head and the helmet hit the helmet. I don't know. I you think know what his really his helmet. You know what? Actually, if you watch it from the other angle, I don't think his helmet actually hits Wentz's helmet there. I think it's uh, I think, hit, it I think it it's hitting the top of his like his his back. Uh, I don't know. I, I could think it's be wrong. Dirty. 
Eh. I think it's pretty dirty. Yeah. But, um, well, I want to hear about I want to hear about the pool report situation. We've got a we got a superstar in our midst here. Not a, not a superstar, just a reporter doing. <laughs> this was your first time. Take us through. Take us through how it went. I want to I want to know the first, inside see, baseball. The, no one knows even what this is. <laughs> exactly. Okay, here's yes. the, here's the thing. <laughs> yes. If there's a question that needs to be asked of the refs, if there's a controversial call in a game, there is a designated reporter who has to interview the refs on behalf of everybody else, and that transcript then gets disseminated to everybody. Yes. And it is not usually you. And well, for, I'm considered the alternate. I okay, for, that's good. And for reasons that make me very angry that I will not get into. <laughs> don't worry because, about that. There's uh, nothing wrong with it. It's completely unprofessional. Don't say, don't say that. That's not, that's not accurate. But, that's my opinion. Okay. I'm not speaking for you. Uh, you were called into duty tonight. So uh, tell, us, tell us how it went. This was your first time. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you, you go down there. You're kind of escorted to the locker room area where the officials are. And uh, there's a lot of security around there, understandable. It's the game's officials. And they bring the referee out. You're escorted or? Wait, yes. where are they? Who, who is escorting you? Well, uh, an Eagles PR representative brings me okay. there. And then there's security around the locker room area. Okay. You, you tell them who you are, what okay. you're there for. You know, they uh, – I I had been in communication with the, with the league office. So, like, they, they know this is coming. Mm. You discuss the play that – that you're going to ask about? Who are you? Can you tell us like who you're talking with in the league office? I don't think that's appropriate for the podcast. Oh, like, okay. you know, Roger Goodell was here. Today. <laughs> he was here. No, it was not Roger Goodell. <laughs> um, no. So then, what you? So then you just you you do the interview, and uh, I asked what the official saw on the field and why they did not call the penalty. I asked uh, if he had a chance to see a replay and if he stood by his call. Um, and then I asked for one clarification. So basically, what he said in terms of in terms of what they saw was that Carson did not give himself up. He was a runner on the play. He did not give himself up, and they thought the helmet to helmet contact was incidental. Uh, and then I asked him if if he saw it, and he said he did not see the replay yet, but that they called what they saw on the field. And then I just wanted to clarify. So because right. he said the hit to the head was incidental. And then I just want to clarify the helmet to helmet as opposed to if they thought the it was like a right. strike to the head. And he said uh, he said he said yes, they found that to be incidental contact. I actually don't well, two things. One, you know, it's happening so fast, it's easy to miss plays like that. I don't I don't begrudge them necessarily for missing that. Um, and two, I also don't totally disagree with and people are upset about the him giving himself up. Like in relation to that Falcons game from earlier in the year when uh, yeah. they they ruled him short of the goal line because they said he was giving himself up, but the incident calling the helmet to helmet contact contact incidental is what I object. Well, where I actually disagree with the giving himself up part of this was was he was being dragged down by McDougal, so this was not a situation where he was diving forward. Right, so I yeah. agree that it yeah. was he was um, not giving himself up, and so I, I think Clowney was coming to finish the play. Uh, I finish the job. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, but that's sort of the thing. These guys are violently trying to wreck the opponent. Yeah. I mean, that's like what a defensive lineman. It, it was, yeah, it was dirty. I mean, I don't know what his uh, intentions were. You know, he said, Jason Peters said he said to him, like right after yeah. the play, that was dirty. And Clowney was like, I'm, I was just trying to finish the play. I wasn't trying to injure him. Well, look. If if you, if you're clowning and, and you watched your former team last night and you saw Watson 
like literally mm-hmm. escape from from being held by his feet, right? Or it, he actually wasn't held by his feet, but yeah, he, yeah. But, but, I don't but, think this was. But he, no, but I'm saying he escaped the sack, okay, and he he led to the play that that essentially won them the game. If Clowney doesn't have the play there, he's probably thinking Wentz. Uh, they've seen Wentz. Escape this before. Going, like I didn't think this was egregious. Ground. I did not he think this was egregious. Helmet. I thought it was, um, but I do think that there was that 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 there was helmet to helmet. So yeah. if if you want to say a hit to the quarterback's head, even if it's not intentional, is a penalty, then that should have been a penalty. I thought it was a bad hit. I didn't think it was like Fontes perfect. Mm. I didn't think it was uh, Gronk on who was that Tre'Davious White, oh that God, one that really made us mad. Oh. Uh, God, that's one of the and worst again, I don't think it was as bad as the Derek Barnett one in Green Bay yeah. earlier this season, but it was a bad hit, and I can everybody has a right to be upset and annoyed about it. And it's like that guy's just—I mean, he just runs around and is like looking to wreck people. Yeah, like I mean, that's his game. He is not a technician. He isn't like an athletic freak who is just looking to wreck the opponent. And that's what he did there. I mean, I don't. I don't know. People are saying he, that was his intent to give Wentz a concussion. I have no way of really, you know, I don't really have like a strong opinion yeah, on that. He hasn't stopped you before from. Well, I mean, I, I don't have an opinion. Yeah, okay. I, that's that's not my. Uh, I don't like that ca- category of takesmanship. I guess I would say I don't. I don't get into that. Well, speaking know. of uh, that category of takesmanship, what is your thought on the uh, the? Sort of nonsense idea that this, right, yeah, this that, I do. This, that this burgeons the case against Carson Wentz as an injury prone guy. Yeah, I mean that that I think is some garbanzo bean steak. Yeah, I agree. But just says, I said burgeons. That doesn't make any sense. Well, teach yourself. No, I think if if you want to say if if you're like an anti Wentz guy and you want to say we haven't seen him want we haven't seen him win in the postseason yet. Fine, you know, I mean, he, this is his fourth year, and he didn't, you know, you really haven't seen him in the, in the, in the postseason. I think that what he's done these last four weeks, can, can it shows how he plays in high-pressure situations. Yeah, that's what's just, yeah, uh, it's a bummer. But, I wanted to see him play in this game. Yeah, yeah. but but certainly, I, I don't think you can use the injury-prone thing. It is factual that three seasons in a row, they've ended the season with Carson Wentz out. Yeah. But... I don't th- – but this is different than if he hurt his knee or, he, or he, he hurt his back. I mean, concussions happen every position, every player, every He's game. also never had a concussion before in the NFL. In the NFL, right? yeah. Like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's been diagnosed. We know of, yeah. Yeah, this is not a soft tissue, yeah. Uh, yeah. fragile bone type injury. The guy's brain got scrambled, and yeah. there's the, on the, on like, a dirty hit. Whether so, yeah. We I mean, about that the, that is quite a. Those are quite. Uh, I didn't even know those takes existed until we were sitting out there like an hour ago. But yeah, give me a break on that. Um, and interesting from McCown, who said that it was actually it was not like called in by the independent spotter. This was Wentz. Like on the sideline, feeling not good and mm-hmm. checking himself in to be evaluated. Yes, which sort of tells you, I think, how serious it was. And I didn't see the camera shots until again just an hour ago when the TV was on out, out there. Zach, I don't know if you saw these. But I watched the replay of of that sequence. Yeah, there. where he's like getting ready for a shotgun snap, and he's kind of like squinting, like squinting his eyes, yeah. and then he's on the bench. Was it next to McCown? Or I think so. And he's got like his face yeah. and his. Hands, I mean, yeah, that's really scary stuff, and no one obviously, uh, so he, he played 
How many plays did he play with? He then? played the, the next seven, or he played the next eight plays. I bl- oh no I no no I'm, eight I'm, total, I'm, right? I'm sorry. What's that? I think it was eight total plays. Eight total played. plays, nine total snaps. So they went okay. three and out on the first one. So this was for, so then five more plays basically, or four more plays. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, and then there was a, who I don't know I don't remember where I saw this reported or said, but he was supposedly going around the locker room after the game, just saying goodbye to guys, like thanking guys for their efforts. I did not. I didn't uh, see that. I did not see that. I saw. I didn't see. I saw a video of uh, players when the players were going in. His his wife was kind of carrying his his mm. suit out. I saw that. Um, but I would have liked to have seen what that suit would have been. God, what a disaster! I mean, you know, this. I don't know if we're ready to transition to this, but then just going from that and thinking of like Zach Ertz. I, I mean, Zach Ertz is in the locker room. Will be the scene I remember from this game personally. Okay. Just as a uh, reporter, you know, he uh, addressed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, he just addressed reporters and was just. I don't even know if he got asked a. Did he get asked a question? I think he, he might have, but I, I just heard him go yeah. into it. So. so by the time I like had my yeah. recorder on, he was starting from getting injured in that Cowboys game mm-hmm. to basically this day. And you know the story is he got the rib injury in the Cowboys game, and they gave him some treatment, and he finished that game. And then uh, if you're squeamish or. Uh, your kids are squeamish, turn it off now for 30 seconds. But then he went uh, to the bathroom afterwards, and there was blood in his urine. And so they rushed him to the hospital, and he was diagnosed with a kidney injury. He was in the hospital for a few hours at least that night, I guess late that night, went back to his house, couldn't get out of bed on his own Monday morning. And it's just like, you know, tears, his eyes are tearing up as he's telling this and it's just like oh my gosh what these guys like go through uh you and then know. he gave it to, uh, two non-displaced fractures yes. and a fractured and, and, and fractured cartilage yeah. as well yeah what does that mean i don't know i i don't really understand the <laughs> uh, fractured cartilage doesn't make sense to me i mean i am dr shield but <laughs> i think he was trying to be real careful with how yeah, he worked yeah, like yeah. he didn't want to yeah. say if the kid it was, was lacerated right. or not yeah, you just said a kidney injury yeah. yeah a kidney injury but then you know so he couldn't play in the giants game and then, uh, but he said that if it was just the ribs, he would have been able to play. Yeah, well, he finished yeah. the Cowboys game. Yeah, the exactly. Thing. And then I guess Friday and Saturday he got a further test, and they mm-hmm. told him he was at no further risk for a kidney injury than anybody else, like it had healed. Exactly. And so uh, he decided to play. Um, so I don't know. He's he just said, wild. Um, this was interesting. He said, uh, the defense always has to account for me, and so I knew if I could be out there, even if I wasn't 100%, yeah. that the defense has right. to treat me like I'm 100%. I couldn't look at myself or my teammates in the eye knowing everything yeah. they have sacrificed over the months if I was able to go and didn't go. As long as everyone was good with it from a health standpoint, I wasn't going to miss the game. I thought what he said that, that I, f- I found to be uh, poignant, if, if, if that's the word I would use, is that? Uh, is it? You tell us. He he wanted it to be black and white. No, no, he didn't yeah. want it to be He said like yeah. like he did not want it to be the type of thing where it's like if you, you think yeah, if you yeah. think you can go yeah he wanted to be like you can either play or you can't play and right. if he can play he was going to play uh, and he said and he, he he made sure to mention that um, he had independent doctors kind of look at this this yeah, this this wasn't like the Eagles mm-hmm. training staff and he had his wife there with him so it wasn't like. He's like pushing to play as right. you know. This was a decision that that that, that was that was made jointly. He said he's fortunate that uh, Philadelphia has a lot of kidney specialists. He did say that too. I didn't. I didn't realize and, that uh, until kidney capital of the yeah. of the country. 
I'll have a quick tangent. Um, there Please. was there was one time in two thousand twelve when Namdi Asamoah had uh, he got poked in the eye yes. and he had to go to the hospital. But because like the Will, the Will's oh, Eye Center is yeah. like right nearby, I remember that. Yeah, he was able to come back in the second half, and they were saying because wait, he went to the Will's yeah. Eye during the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was but that covering the, the team then? I think you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He got poked in the eye and had yeah. like a blacked blacked out eye. Yeah, oh, wow. he came back. Yeah. But the, but, but like one of the, the comments, eye, there's a there's one that's you know there's like a little one that's right next filling. to the CVS. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So 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 one of the comments was like he's fortunate to be in Philadelphia where they had this eye specialist right nearby. Was this practice or a game? Game. Game. It's game. open on a it Sunday. A, it was a primetime game. Will's eye on a Sunday night. I'm sure they maybe they had. Uh, I, I don't somebody know. maybe someone's on call. Yeah, yeah. that could be it. Uh, uh, if any Will's eye employees yeah. <laughs> are listening, then you can uh, you can get to us, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else from the post game scene that we should talk about? Jason Peters, shouldn't we? We should yeah. definitely talk about Jason Peters, who said um, basically that uh, he he saw the stats of the three Pro Bowlers in the and the NFC, and they're not better than his stats. He yeah. graded better than all of them. Who's grades? <laughs> so I mean, um, it's not like a. Pro football? Is it a bow? Is this a bow football focus? Are you sending him, him stuff? I, I, I can't. I he can't said he talk gave up. He said he, he said he only gave up three sacks all year. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I could go back and count. Maybe I should. He said, "Yeah, I did have a lot of offsides." He called them offsides, but I can I can work on that. Well, then, but, he, but then he also blamed. He's like, you know, those are on like those emotions, emotions. <laughs> yeah, and I got to get started. Yeah. I th- I think we buried the lead here. <laughs> okay, yeah. we buried the lead. Yeah, here. we did. He said he wants to keep. <laughs> yeah. He said he wants to keep playing. Uh, I think the okay. motions thing maybe. <laughs> yeah. So his so the, for context, I, I imagine if you're a loyal bo- a loyal birds with friends listener. Yeah. You understand his contract situation. He's a free agent at the end of the year, um, and he says he wants to keep playing. Uh, as Shield very confidently pointed out, because the Eagles drafted Andre Dower, then didn't draft him to sit on the bench. Yeah, he gave us the six. He gave us sixteen to one odds. We're, li- we're looking yeah. good. Um, God, Jason yeah, Peters makes me a little nervous. Jason Peters is not ready to retire. He said if 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 he can't do it anymore, he would uh, he would walk away, but he still can, and. He didn't commit to only playing in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I kind of always thought that yeah. if it wasn't here, it would be nowhere for No, him. I feel like he shot this down at every turn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this goes yeah. back to year, years before where you know, he's asked, like, you know, oh, well, you want to yeah. be an eagle, right? You want right. to play. Like, yeah. Not a lead-in question. Yeah. But, you know, that's an, yeah, that's sure. an important question to ask. And every time he's like, well, not necessarily. Like, if they don't want me, I'll go and play somewhere exactly. else. And that's essentially what he said. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, said he wants to be an eagle. I, if I can't play, I'll retire, but I can still play and it, I want to keep playing. Exactly. So, and he said he, want, he, did, he did say he wants to be. Yes. But. And, 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 uh. You know, for context here, like Jason Peters uh, does 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 not always talk to reporters, and when he talks, I think he understands what he's saying. I think what he was doing today was deliberate. He was putting the ball in the Eagles' court. Yeah, he was making it clear he wants to play. If he's not here, it's their decision. It's not my decision. So he said something interesting uh, that I didn't follow up on and should have. Uh, he said he was asked Friday. About that, did he talk to the media on Friday? He did not. My guess is it was a production meeting or something like that. Oh, okay. That because he sense. definitely, yeah. yeah. I was or, wondering if it meant like from the organization, or, or, like, or maybe he spoke to someone in the organization yeah. about it. But yeah, he he did say that. So and that was asked Friday if, about that if I want to keep playing. Either it was a production meeting or yeah, it, it was. That's probably that yeah. makes more sense. Hmm. But you never know. 
Are you feeling nervous about those uh, 16, 16 hoagies? I mean, I could tell you. That's I, 32 hoagies between the two of us. I will, uh, I will be writing a column <laughs> about how dumb this organization is if they... Well, listen, who's going to tell him no? He's been cultivating a, a friendship know. with the owner. He calls him his best friend. That's yes. fine. It's their job. You traded up to draft a left tackle it's how he's last year. Okay, number one. Number two is he's not playing at a high level. I would say he's playing at an average starter level for a left tackle. I think that's right. I think he could go somewhere. I think if there's a yeah. veteran uh, team out there who, who's competing for a Super Bowl or at least in the playoff mix and they say, we need a left tackle, one-year contract, I think he can go play for that team. Hypothetically. hypothetically that should not be this team. Yeah. New York Giants. Hypothetically here, um, Jeffrey Lurie says, says, I don't want Jason Peters playing in a, in a different jersey. Um, but I want Andre, wait, but no, but I want I want Andre Dillard to start. Can he play left guard? And so Doug can Peters Dillard said, play left guard. No, 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 Ken Peters. Peters. And so Doug or Howie approached Peters and said, "We want you back, but Dillard's our left tackle. Would you play left guard?" Is Jason Peters too proud to do that, or is that something that he'd be amenable to? I mean, how old is the guy? Thirty six. Thirty seven, I think. Right. Thirty seven. He's been so. a left tackle for forty years. All right, he's only 37. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> now he's just going to move to left guard all of a sudden? I mean... Even that? Look, but that's not a good solution. And so what? You're I'm just bu- saying, it's... You're it's bumping like- Sayamalu, and Peter, what are the odds yeah. he's going to stay so, healthy? So no! So Jason Peters, Jason Peters is, is, is going to be 38 on January 22nd. 38? Oh, yeah. So next season, he'll be 38, 38 years old. Well, I think that'll be the latest position switch for a player <laughs> in NFL history. <laughs> Switching to, back to, uh, to moving back to tight end, the Eagles want tight ends anyway. Well, he could be better than Perkins. <laughs> I will yeah, say, yeah. yeah. If you want him as your third tight end, all right. Perkins was killing them. Uh, in I'm in. I'm but in. but Jason Peters knows how to shoot down questions. He knows how to say, "I already answered that question," and he wanted this out there. Well, I think he's been consistent with this like yeah, forever. I mean, he's yes. never been on the other side. Like he, I mean, it was what a couple weeks ago we were joking. He was mm-hmm. being asked, you know, yeah. is this meaningful for you? This could be your yeah. last oh, run, yeah. and he's like. Who said it's my last game? Exactly. I mean, he said this at every turn. I remember being on the field in London, uh, you know, when they had that morning practice, and for some reason he was talking then, and he mm-hmm. hadn't been playing that well. And he, w- I mean, it was the same. It's been the same messaging yep. throughout. It really feels like he's going to have to be someone who is, you know, unless there is no starting opportunity somewhere in the NFL mm-hmm. for him, I think he's going to want to play. It feels like I don't know. It's I mean, he he is not certainly not. Uh, giving himself a reasonable self-evaluation of his play. I mean, he could at least, if he would have said, like, well, you know, I'm not what I used to be, but I still think I can compete and I can work. Like, that. He, he's saying he's an elite left tackle still at this he point. He is. And, and it was framed to him because during the summer when he spoke to us, he said that he thought uh, last year was not his best year. And he, he thought people have forgotten about him, and he really he needs still, to show. That's because he was still coming off the knee. Yeah, he, and he needs to show who he is this year. Yeah. And uh, he feels like he did. I actually think Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman can make that detached decision. Um, I, I wonder if Jeff Stoutland and Doug Peterson will do that. I think Stout. I, I actually I, I know that Stout loves yeah. Peters. I think that he can be clear-headed about it. Maybe, maybe even yeah. more so than Peter than Peterson. Yeah, but I think Laurie and Howie. It's his best friend. Yeah, you don't but, think it's mutual. 
No, I think, but I think Laurie can separate business and, and personal. He's had a great career. I fought for him on that yeah. all-decade team on the yeah. athletic, yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer, all that. The stories are amazing, legendary guy. What, is, what did the announcer say? Father time is undefeated? What's the yes. cliche? All right. Yes, Father it's time. time is, you know, if they hadn't drafted Dillard and you yeah. sold me on, you know, maybe you're drafting yeah. someone in the third round and piecing it together or piecing yeah, together a Vitae and yeah, a Peter. Right. I mean, that's not the ideal scenario, but maybe. But you just traded up for a left tackle yeah. in you the second year of his contract, having not played in the first year of his contract. That would be bad. You can't do it. You can't do it. Hello, pasta physios. All right. Mm-hmm. Talk myself back into it. All right. What else we got? I've been thinking about, um, you know that song? Oh, God. Thought you know, like, Wagon Wheel? I don't know. Sing it. me, mom. Yeah. I, I, I don't been, know. I've been going, hey, Padma Lakshmi. Anybody? <laughs> no. Okay, he just cr- he crossed something off on his notebook. So apparently, that was such an important like take he had to unload that he actually wrote it down in his show prep. He just got it out, and boy, can't wait for what the next one on that notepad is. I have three notes here. You want to know what they are? Good time for Nattery. Do you want an yeah, honest well, answer? The three, the three yeah. notes are Padma Lakshmi, Rudder, and Dress. So we'll get to each of those. Okay. Nice tease. Go ahead. Yeah, so the playoffs are finally here, guys. There's only a few more games left before the champ is crowned. Don't be caught saying, wait till next year, like Eagles fans are right now, like 24 other teams. Get in on the action this weekend with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, DraftKings has it all. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date right now. You won't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS. That's T-O-S-S. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget that's code TOSS and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino Bonus, uh, comprised of a first de- of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you go, what'd you go 4-0 against the spread? Or 3-1? Uh, no, three, I won well, the Saints. 3-1, though. You bet on the Saints? Well, yeah. You took the Saints yeah. to cover? <laughs> I was utterly convinced that yeah. the Saints is... Yeah. Uh, yeah. One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, 2-1-1. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 3-1 oh, th- oh, for me. I was 1-2-1. One, one. Okay. Hmm. That's a tough one. That Vikings My one. Vikings, man. baby. Yeah. Bo is decked out in Actually, purple gear. I, uh, this I, is the uh, I picked the Eagles with thing. the spread because I picked the one point Oh, game. that's right. But, yeah, I picked the Eagles with the spread. Although the, the line changed today. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's why they lost is they ended up as favorites. Yeah, so I picked the Seahawks to win the game by one point. So I technically. Yeah, you yeah. lost that one. I lost it from the day we made it. Yeah. But if you look at my score prediction and the final line. 
I want. It doesn't yeah. matter. We're not really betting on anything. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Outfits. What are you looking at me for? You Bo is wearing the purple shirt, purple tie, supporting Kirk Cousins. It was a this, I've never seen. This, he gave an actual fist pump when Cousins hit Adam Thielen. Now, My Vikings, baby! It, it was for personal reasons because you wanted some the, logistical uh, yeah, Eagles to play later. A Sunday game instead of a Saturday. What a game. throw that was! What an odd. <laughs> well, the ball's in the air, and you're like, "What are they doing?" And that's what everybody's thinking. They just so, jump ball to Kyle Rudolph. So, oh, the Aiden, touchdown! No, I was saying that oh, the one to Thielen. Yeah, oh, the one to Thielen. Yeah. So, yeah, to kind of set the boy, scene here, my man. I've always been a big Kirk Cousins fan. To set the scene Me here, everyone and, uh, in Mrs. Capadia, everyone in the press box, um, either the Eagles writers or the Seahawks writers, was going to you know they were so, so they'd go to San Francisco with a win, mm. and or they they go to Green Bay. If the Vikings won. Uh, and so I think besides Bo, everyone, especially the Seattle writers, you know what Seattle writers are, are like. They were hoping. <laughs> what does that be, mean? Because it's. A, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> no, it's an easier flight. It's, it's an easier yeah. flight. I mean, it's. Seattle to Green Bay. Yeah, you know what's very difficult. Like. No, I mean, Shield said the closest flight yeah. for Seattle is San Francisco. Yes. Correct? correct? You just flew cross country to Philly. Yeah. Okay? Now you're flying back. All right? Yeah. Now you have to go to Green Bay. And if 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 you win, you know, there's a chance that you know, our poor uh, our poor athletic compatriot Sean Michael Duger uh, was like, so what? Michael Sean, sorry, Michael Sean, like, where do I go? Yeah, <laughs> what do I fly into? Yeah, I don't so, even know. <laughs> so I, I mean, I it's you, buddy. it's a tough trip out of Philly. I imagine it's even harder out of Seattle. So so so, so that's what I meant. So, uh, Seattle's the San Fran, I think, is very manageable. Yes. Correct, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, and so and and just. The, the the whole thing surrounding getting there and then the weather and the thing about Green Bay is there's not a lot of hotel rooms. And I imagine, you know, Seahawks fans probably want to go. People are coming for the Packers game. Yeah, but you don't have to stay in Green Bay. Oh, but it's just logistically more difficult yeah. than going It'll to be San Francisco. No, so my point up. is, is It'll everyone except except Bo was like rooting for... I don't think everybody. I think people, some people would want the uh, the, the pomp of... Lambeau? I, I kind of want, yeah. I kind of wanted a playoff game at yeah. Lambeau. Yeah, I don't need to go to San Francisco. Yeah, I was hoping to meet our bosses. Oh. Well, combine, maybe. I don't know that. <laughs> you know, right. you just feel bad for Sean Payton though, because that guy is—he's—he's he's just had a tough, tough run of hard work. What a choke job! Eight-point <laughs> favorite. Wow. Job. Oh, that is a choke job. It's absolutely a choke yeah. job. That's something. Okay. All right. Anything who else are you guys? Who are you guys rooting for to win the Super Bowl now? Who do you think Eagles fans should root for to win the Super who Bowl? Who should Eagles fans root for? I think the Andy Reid connection is obvious, but uh, personally, uh, the Tyree Kill thing is uh, tough for me to. By the way, that. it's not just Tyree Kill. Look at that roster: yeah, it's, it's Tyree Clark. Kill, Frank Clark. They signed Terrell Suggs. Oh, I forgot about Terrell Suggs. Yeah, yeah it's hard to keep track. One. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So that's not great. No. I'm pretty sure any other coach would be getting crushed. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Ravens. Oh, you are? Okay. Uh, they've been the best team in football. They're fun. They play a fun game. Get some uh, subs on, on the story, uh, on yeah. your Ravens story. That'd be nice. Yeah, they make a, a critical fourth down decision. You can pub that. Well, might be writing a couple more. Who knows? There you go. Mm. Okay. I think you probably root against the Seahawks because of the clowny hit. Um, I think... Yeah, and I mean, how many times now have they beat the Eagles? Yeah. 
<laughs> a lot. It's, I think it's yeah. Russell Wilson is now five and zero against the Eagles, and uh, Doug Peterson is zero and four. Yeah, against, against Seattle, it's his hometown team. He grew up rooting for the Seahawks. So I don't know. I don't know who else would you. There's, there's you not, went suit no tie. There's not many others here to root for. Titans would be kind of fun. I guess so. Would they be? Uh, Derrick Henry is like he is. He is fun to watch. All right. Who called fun. that? You. You Patriot supporters. Are yeah, right but that here. was yeah. just a hedge. That was just a hedge against what you really wanted to happen. No, I promise you, it was not. Uh, my, I, I think my logic. I, I said I, there were a lot of holes in that Dolphins game. Like this is this mm. seems vulnerable. It's true. Um, you think Brady's going back? I, it's really interesting. I'm not convinced of it. Uh, I, you know, I if I had to bet, I'd say yes. But I think I would really watch out for the Chargers. Okay, there you go. There's there's some more stuff from the Eagles game that I, yeah I would we should talk about some of the specifics to. of this game. Because... Well, I think uh, the a DK Metcalf discussion is appropriate because yeah. he was outstanding tonight. Sure they was. couldn't cover him. He sure was. And and we can use the JJ Ortega Whiteside comparison. He barely played tonight. I again. think. You know, I think we're past that. Like, I think everyone knows Metcalf's the better player, at least right now. I think it's more yeah, like I mean, that's not even just, just the Eagles secondary had no answer for him. Absolutely none. So the Eagles went with the uh, Bo Wolf-approved secondary combination in this game. Jim Schwartz, obviously a loyal listener to Birds with <laughs> Friends. They put Avante Maddox on the right side and kept Craven LeBlanc in the slot. I think that was fine. I mean, you know. Maddox got toasted on the touchdown to Metcalf, but I don't think there's any reason to expect it. It was funny. He didn't get toasted. You would think he would get his size would be the issue. But Metcalf ran right right. right past him. Well, it's long legs against short legs. (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) Story of my life. Um, But, I mean, there's no reason to expect that Rasul Douglas wouldn't have suffered the same fate. Agreed. Uh, I think, I, I mean, listen, they gave up 17 points. It's true that... Russell Wilson probably could have had a lot of stuff downfield if they had thrown even more, but I think in general they did an okay job. It was those third downs that killed them, five pickups of third and ten or more. Yeah, there was a a pick play where Maddox got picked, which was a 26-yard completion. There was uh, LeBlanc misses the tackle. That was a really big play. LeBlanc had a good game except except that play. That was a a really big play. Yeah, that was a big play. Uh, That's the the one that led to the first touchdown. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson ran, beat Nigel Bradham. Was a bad missed tackle on by an eighteen yarder, and I don't remember what the other ones are. Those were the ones that I kind spoke of to Nigel. Two Nigel said, were the were the real bad. Yeah. yeah, Nigel said it's it's tough with a quarterback because if you come in and hit and they're and they're giving themselves up, it's a penalty. Not if you're clowny. That was a weird one too because Jalen Mills was just sort of watching the play and not really trying to get. Uh, it and I've said, I've noticed he, uh, yeah. yeah, I've seen plays this year where he just doesn't get off his block on like really long runs downfield. It's like, where's the competitive? Yeah. You know, By the way, those are two guy. more uh, Super Bowl starters that the Eagles have decisions on this offseason. Yes. Who's that? Oh, Mills and, and Bradham. Bradham. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's a it's, lot of guys. I mean, it's gonna be a big theme this offseason. Even Ertz said something like, "If I'm back next year yeah. or something." I mean, it feels like everybody just no one knows, that's, and that's probably a good man. It's that's, a good thing. That's I I, yeah. I think I think yeah. they I think they know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did. Uh, this is the Jim Schwartz thing. They completely shut down the Seahawks' running game. That Homer and Lynch combined for. Uh, 19 yards on 17 carries. It was a huge victory every time they ran the ball. Yeah. It was uh, it was a big victory. Now that last third down, I mean, you're 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 yeah. picking nits probably, but man, what was it? Third and eleven. 
They go zero blitz. Zero Mar- blitz. Marcus Epps one-on-one. They on show one. it early. I mean, yeah. Rodney McLeod is up there before Wilson's He knew, He great. knows exactly what's coming. Zero blitz. Uh, yeah, DK Metcalf versus Marcus Epps. 36-yard completion. I didn't, I did not. I mean, listen, they they probably would not have won the game anyway. Yeah. I did not like that call though. It was like third and it eleven. Was executed they're probably going to be like, you know relatively conservative. I thought they would probably have a movement play with Wilson. Eleven yards shouldn't be that easy, but I don't know. I guess nothing they were using on third down really worked. He made he, he Russell Wilson made some incredible plays in this yes. game. He was the best player on the field. Well, he was the best player on the field, but the second best player on the field. All season long, we've been waiting for the Fletcher Cox game mm-hmm. record performance. Oh, yeah. He, well, he might have been the best player he, he on the field. He was fantastic. He was great, yeah. This was his best game of the season. Right. By far, he was a monster. Shield called that matchup. Which, of course, begs the question. Where was this? I mean, I mean, he didn't play all spring, all summer. Yeah, I don't I know. It's, it's, you think it's one of those things he turned it on? I don't know. Maybe so the I mean, other team doesn't have a Joey if, Hunt. If you but. want to give me the first, yeah, if you want to say, hey, the first six weeks he's coming back from it, mm-hmm. the first eight weeks, but there were games in the second half of the season where we were saying, all right, Fletcher Cox should dominate this game, and that did not happen. The this is the type of game where, you know, this is the type of game you want to see more from him in big spots. He's had his moments, yeah. but... Um, I guess on one hand, maybe it's refreshing to see that, all right, he still has this in him. Yeah. It's not like he's totally on decline or anything. But I mean, the Eagles yeah. have a lot of questions to answer this offseason, but one of the questions they have to answer is how can they make sure that Fletcher Cox plays close to this level on a more consistent basis? Absolutely. Well, he finishes, his, finishes the season healthy yeah. with his best performance, mm-hmm. so there should be no excuse for uh, anything in the offseason. Okay. Uh Brandon Graham left this game at mm-hmm. one point. Missed, I think, most of the second quarter, right? But then he did returned. Come back. Knee injury. Vinnie Curry had a pretty good end to the season. He has. I thought. Yeah, as a rotational than, guy. Yeah. He feels that way as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, does he? <laughs> does, yes. Well, I wonder how many, uh, Shield, do you have any idea how many Jordans he might own? Mm. I don't know where you can find out. Mm. More than 600 pairs, and where does he keep them? Check the athletic. <laughs> Uh, obviously, uh, this was a disappointing night for Eagles fans, but there's a chance Eagles fans have this week for a big victory. Tuesday, Wednesday nights. Brad Rutter. Mm. The greatest of all time. Tournament uh, on Jeopardy. Him against James Holzhauer and Ken Jennings. A silly tournament because Brad is already the greatest of all time. But uh, I think... I think it's we... DFOP, Brad Rutter. DFOP... B-fop, I can't, C-fop, I, I whatever, can't yeah. wait to root and watch. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. Everyone... We'll do a post-game pod probably Wednesday night. What do you think? Is it just Tuesday and Wednesday? I believe so. Okay. Well, let's get the logistics down before let's we get the commit to But we'll do some kind of post-game Everyone pod. tune in. Uh, root for him. Social media. You know, Blow up the other guys. Whatever you need to do to get him his due recognition. Yeah. I think... Uh, Maybe maybe we can have him back on. Oh yeah, afterwards. Now the right Rematch side, the, the right side of the Eagles' offensive line I didn't was, think it was it bad. Didn't feel like it was the disaster we thought it might no. be, right? So I seven mean, sacks against yeah. Josh McCown in this game uh, by this Seahawks pass rush that has not been good all season. But it, it did not seem like he was. It seemed like that was more a function of as as we talked about yeah, off air. The wide receivers not being open. I felt like there were a lot of plays where they were standing there. No one was open. They try to scramble. They get tackled one yard behind the line of scrimmage, and it ends up being a sack. I didn't think. I mean, certainly Clowney was very disruptive. That that one play aside, 
Peters had some issues, but uh, yeah, I did not think this was a game where they were. Uh, we'll see. Upon I don't know. Do I have to watch the all twenty two of this? I mean, you don't. I don't to. think anyone cares, no. right? Okay. Uh, some some clarification on the final fourth down. Uh, Doug Peterson said that they hadn't. They they called two plays. They alerted to the second play, and not everyone got the alert, and that's why. Like, the pocket just collapsed on him. He got sacked. Uh, and McCown said if they didn't get the alert, that's on him. You know, he's, he's got to do a better job communicating. He's got to get rid of that ball, too. Like, I Maybe, don't care. I mean, throw the ball up. I want to see the tape. I don't know who he had open. But, yeah. It didn't have, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter who was he, open. He tried throw escaping, and he's 40 years old. Maybe he, did just, some, he did have some surprising juice. Maybe just game. call a play there instead of, uh, <laughs> don't overthink it. Come on. They also, they were coming out of a two-minute two minute warning. They were. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no excuse for that. Uh, my my friend's text thread was saying, "Does Josh McCown not know that there's a play clock?" It really, <laughs> I do have to say. So I mean, you know, Josh McCown is signed out of retirement for this mm-hmm. game. Like this is the moment. This is the reason that you pay him the money. He played pretty well, I thought. Okay, yeah. But I mean, it did seem at times like he did not have control of the offense. Like, disappointingly so for a 40-year-old. I mean, I don't know. Look at who he's playing with. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But I think you hope, part of the reason you hope, part of the reason you sign a guy with that kind of experience is you hope that things are going to be kind of crisp when he comes into the game. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, so so McCown after after the game was, it was, you know, he was very emotional. He was crying off the field. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, was, you know, you, you... you felt for him to, for a, a certain respect. He was, of course, this, he was, is, this was his first playoff exactly. action, ever. which is kind of cool was, in a yeah. way, actually. Yeah, yeah. so, so that's kind of what I harped on in my story is is that there were two quarterbacks who took their first playoff snaps, and one kind of left this game unfulfilled, and one in a weird way left fulfilled. You know, and mm-hmm. and I, I should emphasize, Josh McCown felt like he left the team down. Mm-hmm. He had a real bitter taste. So it's not like he said like all was well because right. he played in the playoffs. But he did say how how this just, is why he came back. How meaningful this this was for him, and he said seventeen years, and you move your family all across the country, and they sacrifice a lot, and he's like to be able to do this uh, was really special, mm. and and that you know, like to do something for seventeen years, and to 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 come out of a out of a good broadcasting job, a cushy broadcasting job. And to fly back and forth um, between Charlotte and Philly, like you have to love it to do that at right. age forty. Um, so it, uh, you know, in a, in a certain respect, it is neat to see a guy who's spent seventeen years in the league at forty years old finally get that shot. Well, he was great with this in the sideline yeah, role, he was and like a very good teammate. Mal- yeah, Malcolm Jenkins was saying that he thought McCown really helped Wentz. And he thought he's like, he helped me too, like sort of when they were Mm -hmm. going through the ups and downs in terms of messaging and leadership and all that. So he did seem by all accounts to, uh, you know, when he retired, I thought like the media was over the top Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, this guy must be like unbelievably accessible in the locker room. Why is every reporter having these like big tributes to Josh McCallum? But in terms of like locker room guy, it seemed pretty legit from what everyone was saying. Well, and not for nothing, among the big decisions they have this offseason. Backup quarterback. They don't, I mean, McCown and Sudfeld are both free agents. Think about that. Yeah. They got to make, what are they going to do there? Especially with a guy like Carson Wentz who can't get through a season. I mean, (laughs) that was, he wasn't being serious there. No, this notion that he can't get through, like you're hitting him on the concussions. Just another example of of why it's so difficult to be a white man in America these days. <laughs> no, Persecution but, of a white man. But the reality, but but since 
since I think 2008, they've only had two seasons where their starting quarterbacks played um, played 16 games, and that was 16, and that was uh, this year. Um, so it is a real thing, the backup quarterback. And, I mean, not yes. for nothing, like they decided in August that Nate Sudfeld can't be their guy. Right. No, uh, there was the injury, but they did. Yeah. I think I think they would have made that decision. I think they wanted to see more from Nate this yes. summer, and they and they couldn't see it. I mean, Nate was back within like three four weeks. Yeah. So they in theory. So you don't think they want him back as the back? No, no. I think they no. might, but I, I think they're going to have to probably. It, it's it's an interesting decision, like Bo said, because they have to say, uh, do we try to bring back Nate, or do we look for someone who has starting experience? Uh, who, or do they draft another uh, really bad college quarterback? And by the way, Nate has a decision to make too because yeah. because Nate might want to go to a place where you know he he's he's not going to get a starting job, but but where he can maybe yeah, the problem is there are so many quarterbacks. I've heard those theories, and yeah. I just don't know. I I think no, that, but a chance to compete. Like yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I, don't he's know, done, I honestly don't know. I don't think that. I agree with you, yeah. and I don't think what he's, if he could go to Chicago, like, and they don't bring anybody. I mean, that would be nuts, but he would win the job. <laughs> No, no, yeah, yeah, he could go to a place with like a, three, yeah, he could go to a place with like an insane quarterback. You know, I mean, I don't compare it to. It's not like Mike Lennon back in you know when he got that big yeah, deal. His but neck is nowhere near as. Long. It's probably comparable to like I would have to look at the numbers, but like when Matt Flynn went to Seattle, you know, where you know he was a backup for in a good offense, and you know it's just just a change of scenery type, and you compete for a job. I think I think um, I think Sudfeld's market would be hurt. By the fact that the Eagles let him hit the market, that's a good point too. Like I agree. I think if if they evaluate him as not good enough to bring back, then I think that hurts. But I I, I I do think there's there's going to be a lot of veteran like like old starter types mm. if they want you know like a Joe Flacco type. There's oh, gonna be, there's gonna be those <laughs> no no there's gonna be those types <laughs> yeah. of guys on the market and uh, not no Flacco's dealing with some type of injury I, I think so not him in, in particular. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think there's going to be kind of there's going to be teams going with young quarterbacks. There's going to be quarterbacks shuffling, and uh, you know I, I don't think you get a guy like Marcus Mariota. But I, I do think that there's going to be backup Mariota quarterbacks. Comes to Philly. There's there's going to be backup quarterbacks available. I, I like the I, I mean I think almost the the top trait you're looking for is a guy who will be helpful to Wentz. I feel like mm. maybe more so than having to play. So I kind of like the idea of like the old. The old guy who's been there, done yep. that, has a nice personality, doesn't think he's going to come in and, you know, push him, but maybe can, you know, a little bit of coaching to it. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Nick Foles might like, be like what's Mar- <laughs> Like, Marcus Mariota, for example. Yeah, he's Like, not, he's yeah, what's doing he nothing for yeah. me, you yeah. know? Like, what's he going to... So, anyway. I don't know who's out there. I look forward to 17,000 conversations about who the backup's going to be in the months ahead. Well, I look forward to looking at who the <laughs> I wrote, backup's on the market. I wrote four preseason. <laughs> Bo's already got a story idea for this week. I wrote four or five preseason <laughs> columns about this, or, or preseason stories about this. And it turns out in their playoff game, they needed a backup quarterback. Yeah, so that's, that's why you write it, right? Okay. Well, also just to hit your minimum. I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on quality. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I, I have, I'm focused on providing the readers the quality content that they swipe their credit card to get. You've said a lot of things, and I've never seen Zach more disgusted. <laughs> yes, yes. He was so offended yeah, by that. Yeah, I, I can assure you, yes. I can assure you that's never the case with me. You walked okay. up today. All right. You walked up 
with like the struttiest strut I've ever seen. I was you excited. Had such a pep in your step that you were you were excited for this column excited, you were writing. I was excited for the end. I'm excited to read it. I, you were pumped. It's okay. It's 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 not what I was. Hey, look, I actually think it's a good read. I think <laughs> it's a good read. Yeah, I think it's a good read. This was your second uh, straight day down at the uh, stadium complex here in South Philadelphia. How was Disney on Ice yesterday? Uh, it was it was nice. It was a good experience with my son. It was memorable. Um, he loved it. I uh, I didn't enjoy the the show, but you didn't enjoy the show. But I enjoyed being there with <laughs> him. Bringing endorsements. No, it's it's not geared for a thirty three year old guy. I, I mean, no, I seriously. didn't enjoy the show. No, I, I mean, like if 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 I said I loved seeing Mickey Mouse skate around ice, you'd be like, yeah. yeah but but you know, I I loved being there with my son. Like I loved seeing the smile on his face. Okay, like you that part of him it. enjoying the show. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But like I would never but like I would never call up you guys and be like, do you guys want to have a company retreat at Disney on Ice? You oh, know, yeah, so that that's my point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Let's close with this. I asked the guys in the locker room what their lasting memory of this season will be. What will be your lasting memory of the season? Me? I mean, what are you going to say? Like. Uh, I, I basically no human contact. For I basically most of the year. already forgotten about the season. <laughs> I don't know. Start with Zach. <laughs> uh, my lasting. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you. It's hard to have a lasting memory an hour because I, I remember everything now. Like a lasting memory, you ask me in yeah. August, and I'll tell you what's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but but to me, and you know, I I I mean, I think about like Aguilar streaking down the sideline in in in, in mm. Atlanta. Um, I I think about Greg Ward making the catch in Washington. Like there are certain in, indelible plays, um, flashbulb moments. Yeah, I mean, Wentz Wentz walking off the field tonight to me. That's that's yeah. a yeah. That's I a think big that deal. might be it. That's a big the deal. Clowny hit and Wentz walking off yeah. the field. Like so, I was. I mean, you're watching the game. Like that one. So, like yeah, in, okay. in in <laughs> in some of these games, you're fixated on the sideline. Tonight, you're watching every play. So yeah. Brandon Graham gets hurt, and I see Brandon Graham come to the sideline. And I'm looking, and the tent's up. Right. I'm like, wait, who's in the tent? And then you don't see Carson. You're like, Carson's in the tent? And then Carson comes out of the tent, and he goes to the locker room. And as we all remember, in Atlanta, Carson was really, am I allowed to say pissed off? Yeah, yeah. say whatever Frustrated, whatever. Um, this is after oh, dark. Oh, you know what I say. Yeah. I mean, he... It's better to be pissed off than pissed yeah, off. Yeah, he was, he was pissed off that the, that the concussion spotter... Here. The concussion spotter sent him to the tent. Um, he missed a few offensive plays, and he returned to the game um, because he cleared all the tests. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going here. Uh, the fact, I'll, I'll say this: if you're watching a game and a guy's being evaluated for a concussion, and they go into the locker room after going to the tent, that's a bad, bad sign. And so that's when you knew. They're playing tonight without Carson Wentz. You should, uh, you should do a Twitter advanced search of your. Account for like uh, blue ten. I wonder how many I times you've had to tweet it. Yeah, I games this season. I feel bad. One of our commenters suggested that we do a bird line on the amount of visits yeah. to the tent. I wish I had thought of that before no, I the don't game. Know. That kind of feels like it's in bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> I think you made the right decision. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like. Uh, I, I oh yeah, I, yours. I okay. think I will. So I will think of in conjunction. The loss in Miami uh, as sort of the representation of 
this group of veterans disappointing. And then probably in my mind, it'll be Greg Ward and Boston Scott helping lead the practice. I think this will be thought of as the Boston Scott Greg Ward season. Yeah. Maybe I think that's right. Maybe because that happened towards the end. But that's, I think, if, I mean, let's be honest, you can ask me tomorrow what happened this season and I won't remember. But if I were the type of person who would remember, I think that's what I would remember. And I think both are on the team next year. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think of the guys who had this sort of flash at the end of the year, I think those are the only two who are definitely on the team next year. Agreed. And he definitely is probably even even. Well, who else is there? Because like I, I've heard nation, national folk be like, Boston Scott, Greg Ward, Josh Perkins, and I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. no. If yeah. Josh don't include Perkins him. is on the team next year, that's a massive disappointment. It's I agree. A, it's a failure. Yeah, I mean, there, there are, is there really anybody else? I mean, those are Well, the I mean, two. you know, like Burnett and Davis, like okay. maybe there's a spot for All one right. of those guys. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even think I don't, so. He, he wasn't, yeah. I don't think so either. I don't count him. He wasn't a practice squad guy, but he was signed off the Raiders practice squad. I think Anthony Rush was on the team next year. I think mm-hmm. he was pretty good. I uh, think he's on the team next year? I think he's on the team yeah, next year. Yeah, I agree too. Really? I agree too. He's pretty good. He's, he's an inexpensive Fine. third. I mean, he's a... He's those guys good. rotate every year. He's a 350-pound defensive tackle that I you have at a, at a rookie contract. I won't say definitely. Look, the... He's okay. I, I mean, he's a little better than Trayvon yeah. Hester was last year. I mean, just the tease. It, so, but. Like, just the tease. The biggest question this offseason, bar none in my opinion, is what they do at wide receiver. Oh, no doubt. And the decisions they make with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson... And, uh, Nelson and yeah, well, I, I think Nelson's, I don't think Nelson's coming back. I think Nelson's a perfect change of scenery. I think both sides need that. But, um, but to your point, I don't think there's going to be spots for like Deontay Burnett or I'm sorry, Deontay Burnett and, and, and Rob Davis. I think Greg Ward's back. JJ, I think a white side's back. And then either. I think Deshaun is back. You think, okay. And you think they eat Alshon or they just. Well, Alshon might not even be ready. Like, yeah. Who knows? So, so I, I think they have three. I think they have two or three new receivers. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I think I that's think, a position. I think it would be a surprise if they didn't draft a receiver. In the I, yeah, round. I think drafting in the first two rounds, and tra- I think they can scurry the trade market. They can look hard at the trade market. Mm. So, that's a. Who you got your eye on? We have so much. I no. Yeah. I need to stop. figure out off-season content. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. My. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm like I, I don't want to say petrified. I'm excited for the. Are challenge. you a little bit relieved that you don't have to drive down to Miami? Uh, well, I was. I, first of all, I, I didn't think they were going to make the Super Bowl. You were going to have to, we but going I to wasn't going to do that. But no, look, I <laughs> I love I love the season. We I, yeah, I thought it. you were going to be the saddest. I, yeah, I love the rhythm of the season. The biggest upset yeah. today is Zach Ertz was more emotional than you. <laughs> no, no, no. I so thought like, he was going to be so sad. So I got to say, like, I'm not invested in like the, the team winning or losing. Yeah. But from my daily schedule, it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're not talking to these guys every day. You don't have this 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 routine. I like the challenge of finding these stories, but it's it's a totally different schedule during the offseason. And with that, I'm out of here. Okay. What's the pod schedule during the offseason? Uh, we'll once a month. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Maybe uh, once twice, or twice a twice week. During the, twice a month during draft. <laughs> Free agency. <laughs> okay. We're going to be doing a lot of live, uh, in-person pods from Shields' basement. I would love to go to media. Mm-hmm. Brent Selk's office is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll finally let us in as members of the media. All right. Well, the Eagles' season uh, ends in uh, in a bit of a bummer fashion, but it was at least uh, it was at least exciting towards the end of the season. After three quarters of a year of a slog, a bog, 
and just sort of... As his pen watch. cap goes flying, he was very frightened, startled by that. I wasn't frightened, I was trying to catch it. We'll be back in eight hours. I made a great... What was it? I made a great... Uh, All right, no one cares. No one Wait, cares. one quick thing. Oh, um, I should set up this this week for our, our listeners, yeah, if please. you're still listening. Uh, tom- I'll be real quick here. Tomorrow is clean-out day. Uh, that means the the players cleaning out their lockers. You heard some of the off-season stuff already start after the lock, after the game today. You'll hear more tomorrow or or today when you're listening. It's at like ten fifteen, and, and then uh, at some point this week we'll hear from Howie Roseman, and it'll be Howie Roseman's first public comments since cutdown day. And I think there's a lot that we want to ask Howie. So do we definitely get to talk to Howie? I I believe yeah. I mean I think Howie or Lori need to talk. Yeah. Well, so, I don't mean they need to. I don't. I don't, I don't I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember if they talked at the end of last year. They did. How we did feels yeah. like this could get taken off air. This discussion. That's <laughs> yeah. No, how we spoke last. I promise you, how we spoke last year. What's your number one question for Howie? Oh my God, how? <laughs> um, let's let's save that. Plug. Let's save that for the next pod. Let's save that for the next. I pod. I think the number one question is Alshon Jeffrey. That's my number one question. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry to uh, our listeners, but uh, you know. At least you got to hear Shield tonight. For Zach and Shield, <laughs> what are you apologizing for? Uh, all right, don't answer and, that. Uh, and for Brad Rutter, who we're all rooting for, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. friends.